Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Advertising executive Emery Leeson was stressed out. <laughs> hey, I'm on the phone. Hey, do you mind? People who use car phones annoy other drivers. Fed up and boiling over. Let's face it, Steve. You and I lie for a living. And, and I, I, it's not easy for me to digest that. Buy Volvos. They're boxy, but they're good. We know they're not sexy. This is not a smart time to be sexy anyway, with so many new diseases around. Be safe instead of sexy. Right. Volvo. Boxy, but good. Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? I thought this would appeal to a no-nonsense type consumer. Who the hell ever heard of advertising that a car is boxy? Hmm? (laughs) Boo! They are boxy. They are boxy. An intelligent buyer knows that. Hey. Let's level with America. We can't level, you crazy bastard. We're in advertising. Forget France. The French can be annoying. Come to Greece. We're nicer. So? We're nicer. The French pride themselves on being annoying. Jaguar, sleek and smart. For men who'd like hand jobs from beautiful women they hardly know... That's what all of these ads really mean. Men buy these cars because of it. So why don't we just come out and say, hey, we know what you want. Here it is. This is for that. Metamucil, it helps you go to the toilet. If you don't use it, you'll get cancer and die. Paramount Pictures presents The Freak. This movie won't just scare you, it will f*** you up for life. I want to know how the f*** the word f*** gets in the New York f***ing Times. Stop pretending. If you look like this, then you're fat. In fact, you're a fat slob. Admit it. Do something about it. Want to stop sweating on relatively cool days? Get to a phone? Call Vitaflex toll-free. If you call now, we'll send you a free plant. A free plant for fat slobs. You are so fired, it is unbelievable. Hello, I'm fat. Do you have any ficus trees? We have to admit that? I think you have to say that to get the plant. Hello? We're fat. We're tired of sweating on relatively cool days. I knew we were fat. How to do it with slobs? Oh, sorry. Ask about the plant. Uh, about the plant. Vitaflex Diet Systems, may I take your order, please? You don't have to admit that you're ugly, sir. I don't know about the plant, sir. Please hold. Thank you so much. Sorry, folks, I haven't anymore. There's a run on Metamucil. I have to 
than a frantic run on products ranging from luxury cars to bulk softeners. Business experts agree this no-nonsense approach appeals to a new breed of consumer who wants to be dealt with honestly. We go live to Connie Vega Margolis on Long Island, where one no-nonsense ad has brought movie audiences out in record numbers. Here at the Mineola Country Theater, where record numbers of people have turned out for a movie called The Freak, which has promised to, well, mess you up for life. All around the country, people are camping out to get a place in line. And a Emery Leeson is an advertising genius. I want him back. He's in the hospital, sir. Buy him some flowers. If you want your job back, you get him back. You look great. You look a lot better than you did a week or so ago. Oh, no. Oh, this could take years. I'm in very serious shape, it turns out. I'm fucking nuts. Well, maybe. Crazy people. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hi, everybody. This is Bob Barsha with Fox Sports. Normally, I'm at the racetrack or the Barrett-Jackson auctions for television. But if I'm not, I'm going to be listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I hope you will, too. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page. Nostalgic Radio and Cars and Gulfstream Motorsports and you can am I doing this again Chris is, am I going tick 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 can you hear that I can't hear it yes so. <laughs> if you have it anywhere anywhere in that room like watch let's see where, you can no, do that yeah I'm just curious at home, but watch oh I guess you can hear it and look at how far I can't away hear that yeah no you, kidding I never yes. knew that it's like a punch in the face <laughs> really? So basically, if I do this, you can hear that too, right? <laughs> well, what happens if I go... Oh, wait, we're, we're taking a show in the wrong direction. <laughs> this is Nostalgic Radio Cars. We talk about cars. We need a room, 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 room. But anyway, uh, what did I say? Did I already say... Uh, yeah, something like that. I don't know. You know what? I think we're both good. You know... We played the clip. See, the reason we're doing this, and this is how we can segue into this, is because we're crazy. We're all crazy. <laughs> what happened was, is I was thinking about. Well, in the last couple of weeks, I've been working on and off with uh, car shows, auctions, and you know all kinds of fun stuff. So, and there's the there there's. It's kind of like you know sometimes, you know you just you, you with all this advertising gobbledygook that's going on you know you just kind of wonder how much of this caca is really real so this reminded me of a movie that i saw back in the uh, 90s and it was with star dudley moore and it was called crazy people and basically it got to the point where in in, in his situation where he just got fed up with everything and said you know what i'm tired of lying i'm tired of all the bogus uh, advertising and all this nonsense that we're doing so how about a little truth in advertising so hence they made a movie about it it was actually a kind of funny movie and i played the clip of it and it was called the crazy people and it came out in the 90s so if you get a chance go listen to it it's pretty funny so i played the two clips or a couple of them where they were talking about the volvo and the jaguar and uh, and really, you know what? I mean, there is a lot of truth to it. I mean, why do people buy certain cars? I mean, if a guy is a family guy, you know, he needs a functional car. He buys a boxy car, something safe, a sedan like a Volvo, or he might need something a little bit more utilitarian, like a an SUV, or he might need something like a you know a van or something like that for his wife. And then, of course, you know, if he's going through the middle aged crazies or whatever, you know, he might want something a little bit more sporty, or he can kind of attract the the babe, so to speak. So he's going to buy a Porsche or a Jag or. Did you for, just say babe? Did I say babe? <laughs> Whoa, man! I'm really, I'm really departing here. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a big leap, babes. <laughs> You're not going to attract very many babes by using that word. Not really. Okay. Why well, is that kind of a sixty? Well, chicks is what we said in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, chicks is good. Um, well, what do you guys say nowadays? You don't say babes. Um, what do we say now? Hotties. Uh, yeah, no, hotties very. Yeah. Hotties very informal. Is not it? that, not that anything that we're about to say right now is formal. No, that's true. But. Uh, women is a little bit formal. Okay, yeah. Lady, ladies, is formal. Yeah. Um. Uh oh, dead I, air. I don't know. 
I'm trying to think. Well, anyway, so the point is, is that you know, there's always been this little uh, joke about guys that drive, you know, fancy schmancy sports cars, and it was always because they're, you know, they got an ego problem or driving, you know, little black sports cars that uh, you know go real fast, right, Chris? Because they're out chasing the babes. Is that what I have? <laughs> is that what you have? Yeah, that's what, what I'm you, saying. What do you mean? What do you think? I have a little black sports car, so I'm out chasing the babes. <laughs> So, but it's not true. We buy those cars because we're true enthusiasts. And of course, later in the show, we'll be talking about racing. And most of us that are in the racing race sports cars. And I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea? Okay, I don't race I'm, my car. You don't race your car? <clears throat> you just uh, go up and down Golf the Bay and spring break and chase babes. Golf the Bay now? You, can't, you, couldn't, you couldn't race your car on Golf the Bay right now if you wanted to. No, but you could be stuck in traffic with your sunroof and your window was open. You're lucky if you can get up to 30 miles an hour on Golf the Bay the entire month of March. It is crazy out there, isn't it? The it's beach is packed. unbelievable. And it's, okay, for people who don't go to the beach that often, but you understand the layout of Clearwater yeah. from... One end of Gulf to Bay to the other end of Gulf to Bay is a 15-minute drive. It's Ordinarily. It's 15 minutes if you're doing the normal, if you're yeah. doing the speed limit yeah. or a little bit over. It's a 15-minute drive. It's not exactly like down the road. No. You know, 15 minutes is, in a lot of places, that's the town over. That's two towns over. Mm-hmm. So to go from like McMullen Booth to Clearwater Beach is not exactly like going down the road. No. That being said, it takes an hour mm-hmm. in spring break during, during spring the break. month of March. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a parking lot. And so I could understand if you were downtown Clearwater, and if you're going from downtown Clearwater over to the over the bridge to Clearwater Beach, that I get because that's you know only about a mile. So mm-hmm. I can understand if you're it takes you half an hour to go one mile or two miles, but when it takes you a half an hour to go two miles and those two miles are 12 miles away from the actual destination it's a long time it's unbelievable mm-hmm. you know it, i just it, it's crazy to me it's but, cra- it's crazy people but you're in your little black sports car chasing yeah, babes but I'm, but I'm, <laughs> yeah overheating because it's 100 degrees and i'm you know i'm running at 350 horsepower and i'm like Got a lot of horsepower. You know, like, what do you you, you want me to do? But anyway, so if you get a chance, check out the movie Crazy People. Go rent it. It's a pretty funny movie. And and there is a lot of truth to that. But no, most guys that drive sports cars, most guys uh, drive them because they're car enthusiasts. Like yourself, you're a car enthusiast and you want something kind of sporty and neat because you like the little zippy little thing. And I never really was, you know. That's what's funny is I I sort of have gotten into it a little bit more. That's fine. That's but, good. Yeah. I just, at this point, and, you know, maybe it's... Because you're co-hosting the show yeah, with me right? sometimes. So you're, enth- <laughs> you're, you're, you've been uh, indoctrinated into the sports car world and uh, influenced by us sports car guys. Good. Good, good, yeah, good. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But anyway, hey, I'm a, uh, we're going to have some guests on tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about racing. We're going to talk about uh, one of my, um, uh, a racing organization called SVRA, Sports Car Vintage Racing Association. Probably one of the earlier vintage racing associations and it was actually started by a gentleman right here in uh lakeland florida it was started by i believe ford heacock or haycock and they have haycock classic insurance so if you've got a classic car give my friends over there at haycock insurance in lakeland and uh say big uh, hello to ford haycock and pete dorguzzi because they were the ones that you're probably going to be dealing with but anyway so vintage racing is huge these days okay and it's actually more fun than I think the new stuff because even though they're out there and they're racing, they're not really swapping paint, they're not really crashing because it's historic cars. Cars that are generally pre-1972 with real live race history. There's another race organization out there called HSR, which is Historic Sports Car Racing. Their rules are a little bit more lax. It's pretty much what you you can run, what you run, but there are some genuine bonafide race cars with, with pre-1972 racing history, but as well as, let's say for example, you don't want to race your $50 million Ferrari 250 GTO, and you might want to build a replica of one uh, out of genuine Ferrari components, but you can race that car on that track in in uh, HSR in the racing organization as well, whereas SVRA has to be genuine racing cars with real-life 
race history. Anyway, we'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, too, was uh, a number of events that are going to take place here in the next week or so. Um, this past weekend, we had the National Muscle Car Association racing event down at Bradenton Motorsports. Uh, two weeks before that, we had the National Mustang Racing Association doing their thingy down there. And unfortunately, I couldn't go to that one because we had uh, I had a, a scheduling conflict. But I did go to the my son and I, Bobby, went to the National Mustang uh, National Muscle Car Association shootout thingy uh, on Sunday. Saturday, though, they had the guys from. Uh, from the TV show Street Outlaws were down there, and I wish I would love to have been able to meet them there, but I had uh, work to do. I had a, a prior obligation. But anyway, let's see. We got the Florida Toe Show. If you're in the records and stuff like that, that's April 9th through the 12th. We've got Festivals of Speed in Miami. That's April 26th. And let's see what else we got. We got the uh, Muscle Car. I'm sure you've heard of Muscle Car City. It's down in Punta Gorda, okay? And they're going to have an auction down there April 10th through the 11th. Barrett-Jackson is uh, April 17th through the 19th in West Palm Beach. And then SVRA will have a race at Homestead slash Miami Speedway April 9th through the 12th. So I kind of jumped around on the, on the dates here a little bit, but uh, we got all that stuff going on here in the next uh, 30 days. So it should be a lot of fun, a lot of racing, car shows, uh, swap meets. I think there's one coming up uh, the first of the month at, uh, at Sumter County. Every first Sunday of every month, they have their swap meet. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on, a lot of car stuff. And obviously, where are you going to find all that information? You're going to check into, tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And you're going to hear me blah, 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 about that. Anyway, um, what else we got going on? Hey, we got anything on the turntable? We got something nostalgic? I'm kind of in the mood for some psychedelic music. Psychedelic, huh? Psychedelic, yeah. Something out of the, the 60s, late 60s, kind of weird. So, Anyway, we play a lot of groovy music here. We don't play a lot of the mainstream stuff. We do play a lot of the mainstream bands. Let's see if you know the name of this game. This game, you just gave me a hint. Uh, the band is the Thomas A. Edison Band, I think. And yeah. the, I, I'm close. And uh, the song is How to Play the Game, isn't it? Something like that? The name of the game. The name of the game. Duh. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll be back in a few, few. Don't touch that dial. Some groovy music. And we're going to talk about cars. We're going to talk about racing. We're going to talk about all kinds of groovy stuff. So, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Love them barbecue ribs that you 
This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hi, this is Nick Mason from Pink Floyd, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. Thanks, sir, uh, Mr. Nick Mason, drummer for Pink Floyd. He's heavy into vintage racing and Ferraris, and occasionally he makes it out to Monterey, to the uh, historics out there. Anyway, let me give myself a little shameless plug here. Um, I do appraisals, I do PPIs, and I look at cars, and I buy cars, and I sell cars, and I do parts and stuff like that. Um, I got a number of project cars right now. If somebody's interested, I've got some Mustangs. I got some 65, 66s. I got a 68 convertible. I got a 63 Falcon. I got a 74 Camaro. Actually, a real life Z28 at one point in time. So, if you get a chance, visit our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and you can check out some of the stuff that we got on our on our. I guess you would call it parts page. <laughs> I want to call it my junk page. I actually have a page or a section. It's called Projects Gone Bad, and that's where a lot of my stuff is. Then I've got the showroom page, which is some nicer cars, which there's not much on there right now. And then, of course, I have the junkyard um, because I used to be in the salvage yard business, and that's where I keep some of my parts. But not everything I have is listed. Some of, A lot of my stuff's on craps list or Craigslist, whatever you want to call it. I used to do eBay. I don't do eBay anymore. I'm not a big fan of theirs and because uh, the fees are ridiculous, and I'm not a big fan of PayPal and all the other corporate nonsense. But at any rate, um, so if you have any questions about cars and parts, don't be bashful. Visit my website. There's a contact page. You can get a hold of us in there. And if you need a pre-purchase inspection or a valuation or some consulting, don't be bashful because I'm fairly knowledgeable on this car. As a matter of fact, um, in two weeks, we've got the big muscle car auction that's going on down at the, in uh, Punta Gorda I mentioned about. And uh, I do write for Sports Car Market and American Car Collector, which is great magazines, by the way. I do occasionally, from time to time, cover some of the auctions, and I write auction analysis reports. So as an auction analysis analyst, what I do is I go look at the cars. I look the cars over fairly well, and I write a brief description of the cars, and I write like an analysis on it. You know, In other words, my take on it, so to speak. So... I've done that for a number of years. I like uh, SEM, which is Sports Car Market. I like ACC. Um, they're probably the, the the leaders in the industry. You know, they have a database which I have access to. So if I'm doing auction uh, analysis reports or if I'm doing appraisals, I can access their database and I can basically do comparables. And my appraisals are very similar to the way you would do a real estate appraisal. You know, based on comparables, based on real sales. And, and that's really the only way to do it. You can't sit there and just say, well, a guy's advertising a car for 20000 or 50000 or 100000 and uh, and assume that that's what he got that's what the car actually sold for which is not the case you know generally a seller doesn't want to tell disclose what he sold the car for and a buyer doesn't want to disclose what he paid for the car so that's not uncommon but at an auction there's bona fide sales we know what the car sold for if you read the descriptions usually there's a description in there and it tells you about the car so you can kind of gauge is the car number three is the car number two is it a four is it a four plus a four minus or something like that as a matter of fact tomorrow I may be on the road checking out a 1987 Porsche 911 for a friend of mine I looked at the car while I was up in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago it's a pretty nice car, a lot of miles on it, but here's a good example. Here's a car that's got a lot of miles, drove like it just came off the showroom floor. But I've driven cars with 56,000 miles or 60,000 miles, and they were beat so bad, neglected so bad, that you know, the car ran like caca. You know? So it's, it's just, it just was a bad deal. So mileage does not necessarily play a big role. It does... To some extent, you know, on the overall value of the vehicle, but what's really, really important is condition. Condition and as close to original as possible. I cannot emphasize that. Even if the car has got, you know, been repainted, that's one thing. But if a car's been disassembled and reassembled, it's not original. And they just, there's just something about a car that's original, hasn't been taken apart. You, You can't explain it. Those of us in the industry, those of us in the field, we know it. That's why I'm not overly impressed with restored cars. I'm impressed with cars that are basically survivor cars that have been taken care of and they're still, still fairly complete. So anyway, if you need any more information on that kind of stuff, please visit my website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. There's a contact page in there, and you can get all the information. Now, do we have a guest on the line? We have a guest on the line. I'm The lady that's on the line right now is a, a longtime friend of mine. She used to work with Vintage Motorsport, which is another very, very good publication if you're into vintage cars. She is now the VP of Marketing for SVRA. I'm delighted to welcome to the show. Tony, but she goes by TC. So, uh, Tony, welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and how you doing, girl? Well, thank you. Our industry is booming. I couldn't ask for a better uh, position in our 
within our industry, we are we are gaining ground. Yes, you are correct. Very correct cars are the way to go. And um, as far as SBRA, that's really the way it stands with us. Well, now your cars are basically, and I mean, SVRA is kind of like the top tier in vintage motorsports. Fair statement? Fair statement as to the fact that we have medallion cars, yeah. Okay, so medallion cars, basically for everybody out there, is legit bonafide cars with true, live, real, without a doubt, race history, logbooks, you know, paper pedigree car, correct, uh, Tony? Correct, and they still race them. We choose not to put our cars in museums. Our gentlemen choose to, and ladies, choose to race them. So we are very fortunate. Tell us a little bit more about uh, SVRA. Now, SVRA has expanded here in the last couple of years, correct? Absolutely. SVRA is the oldest racing stationing body. We now have expanded to 18 races nationwide. Um could go beyond that you know the horizons are always out there uh, we now have had the first correct period cars racing at indianapolis uh which is our inaugural you know uh being of racing yes now for everybody else that's just tuned in svra is sports vintage racing sports car vintage racing association and it's road race cars primarily correct it's not indie cars or oval cars or rounding round cars necessarily are right we always focus on period correct cars could be a lister jaguar could be a porsche could be an mg as long as they are period correct and we are gentlemen racers we are in the go, and we are on the uprise. Okay. Now, but but it's road race cars. It's not roundy round cars or drag race cars, correct? We have incorporated um, oval track cars. Oh, really? Within our industry this year, yes. Okay. Uh, but primarily, we are road racing cars. Okay. And there's no limit. I mean, these cars go back to the beginning of time. So the very early cars, and then what's the newest car that can race under SVRA uh, rules? Well, that would depend on Ray, which you will speak to later on. We okay. do have an Audi that's about a 2006. Okay. Uh, but primarily, vintage cars are, are about 30 years. Uh, period correct. Race safety is always a plus. Um, but once again, we race against ourselves, and um, it's a great sport to be in. Okay. Now, tell us a little bit about some of the other stuff that SVR is working on. You talk about Indy. Uh, I understand that there is uh, TV in the horizon, and I also understand there's an auction on the horizon. We actually have our own TV series that will be airing at the um, towards the end of 2015. Um, will be based on our actual vintage racers. We actually have a, uh, we have partnered up with Modestalgia, which is an auction. Our first auction is at Indy. Uh, we actually have an entertainment, in, uh, entertainment industry, which we have blood, sweat, and tears playing at, uh, at Indy and many big names to come. Oh, wow. Super. Blood, sweat, and tears. A good old band. In fact, I think they're a Chicago-based band, if I remember correctly, which is not too far from Indy. I believe they are. And we had um, a Grand Funk Railroad last year, and the guys just enjoyed it. The spectators, the racers. We are a big family. We believe in keeping it all together. You had Grand Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad. You had him last year? Yes, sir. Really? Good, good. He was on my show here uh, last month. Mark's a good guy. He's in the cars, too. Pretty heavy. Yeah. One of my really good friends is Brian Johnson. Okay. Uh, lead singer for the ACDC, and he does race with us as well as his wife uh, quite often. So I am very fortunate to be in this industry. But if you have a chance and you're in the area to come out and see one of our races, it is amazing. You have all access to the garages, the paddocks. The uh, you've got a race. I think uh, I was looking on the schedule. You got one at Homestead in a couple weeks, right? We do. We do fireworks. Um, Homestead is an old boys' track, NASCAR track, but we are very, very grateful to 
you know, have the opportunity to race there. So please come out and see us. We'll definitely do that. Now, I think we have Ray Snowden on the phone uh, online, and Ray is the uh, the race director for SVRA. Ray, are you there? I'm here, Robert. How are you? How are you doing? Hey, welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So we've got TC on the phone. We've got you on the phone. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on as far as, like, you're the race director. So tell us what your duties and responsibilities are. Okay, well, my duties as we speak, I'm sitting here... Uh, detailing paddock maps for the Indianapolis event. Uh, so uh, it goes into our uh, entrance guideline document that we give to, uh, well, we put it up on on the Internet on our website so that all our entrants know uh, where to go, how to get there, uh, traffic patterns inside this huge facility. Uh there are many folks that were at our event last year, uh, but uh, a lot, lot of folks are new to it. So uh, it's the, we, we design a packet for the bigger events so people know uh, where the bathrooms are and, and where, the, where the grid is to take their race cars and where they can get lunch and uh, where they park their tractor trailer, where they park their trailer, that type of thing. Okay. Uh, that's, that's part of the initial plan, but my... My basic, my real basic job is to do the event scheduling, uh, to work out time between 8 o'clock in the morning until sometimes 7 o'clock at night, having fun the event, uh, to fit all our 11 race groups in uh, to a schedule uh, and to make it work, uh, try to get it timed within a printed schedule that... Uh, uh, we finish on time. Uh, we've got a very good record with that, knock on wood. Uh, but it's, I, I basically lay out the planning for the events. Uh, and then when that's done, i got to make sure the event goes smoothly with my team, who I think is one of the finest that we have in motor racing. Uh, I, I think we can run any type of event that comes our way no matter what. Uh, and uh, we're only we're only vintage, and uh, I think uh, I think we can boast that we can do some things that maybe some of the other bigger organizations can't do. All right, you guys do roughly eighteen venues a year. How do you determine which tracks that you guys are going to compete at? Well, I mean, there's there, there's some real historic tracks that uh, you know, if you if you use the Mississippi as a dividing line, uh, from from that end over, I mean, you've, you've got uh, historical tracks. Uh, you've got Sebring. You've got Road Atlanta. Uh, you've got Road America in Wisconsin. Watkins Glen, uh, which is pretty much my home track because I'm a Northeast boy. Uh, Mid Ohio in Lexington, Ohio. Uh, some of these some of these tracks. Uh, east of the Mississippi are are so historic uh, that it is just we have to be there. We just absolutely have to be there. We are vintage and historic racers, and it's great to run on tracks that go back to 1911, 1920s. Uh, yeah, the the West Coast again. Uh, you've got some fantastic historic tracks. Uh, you've got Sonoma, uh, some smaller tracks out there, Button Willow, Willow Springs. Uh, you've got a big track that NASCAR just ran this past weekend, Auto Club Speedway. Uh, great, great big facility. Uh, Coronado, uh, you know, <laughs> the home of the Navy SEALs. Uh, we we're running an event there for the first time that I've raced at. That uh, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, all the proceeds benefit the Navy uh, families uh, you know, of our of our heroes, and uh, it's it's pretty cool driving a vintage race car on a runway when a well when I ran when I ran there back in two thousand and one two thousand and two I think uh, an F fourteen Tomcat was landing on the runway next to me, which is a little spooky, but. Uh, it's a pretty cool places, Robert. Uh, Portland, we're coming. We're going to Portland this year for the first time. 
we're really excited about that. Uh, Tony C. and uh, my boss, Tony Perella. They got Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels coming for the band. Uh, I'm not supposed to work that event, but I think I'm going out just to listen to the band this year. Interesting. Um, now, you you mentioned that you're a driver as well, okay? So take us through the process a little bit. So in other words, people have to have a car that's got to be a legit is it pre-1972 race car, or is it, has the rules changed just a little bit? But it has to have racing history, correct? Well, most of the cars have got to race history, have racing history. Uh, now our, our race groupings, we, we have 11 race groups. Uh, they vary from pre-war category, which is basically pre-1946. Uh, in Indianapolis, we'll have a car, I believe it's a 1911. Uh, that ran at Indy, uh, all the way to uh, our Group 11 cars and our Group 9 cars, which are more contemporary. Uh, we have uh, we have an Audi R8 that won Le Mans, uh, and uh, it's... Uh, I'm getting a call on the other line that'll go away in a second. I apologize. That's okay. Uh, so we, we, we vary it. The, the, the main thing from a, a vintage and historic standpoint there, there are a lot of vintage organizations out there, and they all have different sets of rules, and they go by go by different sets of rules. But what what we try to do is uh, stand by a set of rules that were actually written uh, and based on uh, former uh, SECA rules years and years ago, and along with IMSA rules, uh, FIA rules from Europe, uh, and we stick with them. We are, we are one of the few groups that really uh, the past couple of years now, we have really hammered out the rules. We're pretty inflexible with them. Uh, we do have we do have one category, we do have a couple categories excuse me, that uh, the more contemporary cars it's almost uh, like a uh, vintage historic car in the street where uh, we will not allow any brand new cars to come and run at our events. They have to be in, in two specific categories within our racing. Uh, they have to be no newer than five years from the current calendar date. So we will have, we've got two groups, our, our SVR Group 9 and our SVR Group 11, that we do allow a certain category of car that is much more contemporary uh, than what normal people would consider vintage. But uh, they're still not brand new. We have ex Lamar cars. Uh, we have ex Indy cars, ex Indy light cars. Uh, so there's there, there's really something for everybody with vintage. And you know, TC's probably already touched on that. That's one of the big things about vintage. It's not cookie cutter racing. Uh, and I say cookie cutter being that you can go to uh, yeah, well, IndyCar is a good a good example. Uh, almost all the IndyCars look alike, except for the paint jobs and the decals, because they are alike. They're they're all produced. They're they're all the same chassis. Uh, you will have people that are MG people. You'll have people that are Alfa Romeo people. Uh, you'll have people that um, they like prototype cars. They like uh, open wheel cars. Vintage has got it all. And SVRA's probably got the biggest variety that you'll ever see. There is something there at a vintage event, at one of our SVRA events, for everybody. What's what's your favorite car, Robert? Uh, me being a uh, muscle car guy, I'm a Shelby guy, because I actually have a 66 Shelby that's a medallion car. And then uh, I'm a okay. 356 guy. So, uh, And that's right. the car that's... Uh, the, the 356 is, uh, is our Group 3 category. Uh, in Indy, uh, I will tell you right now, uh, if you're if you're a muscle car guy and you're a Shelby guy, uh, we are going to have one of the largest contingents uh, of muscle cars. We've, we've had to limit it uh, because of, of what we do with our race groups. But right now, uh, your Shelby, our GT350, would normally run in, in our what are what is our SVRA Group Six category? Uh, we're going to have 22 B production cars just in one group alone out there. 
Okay. Now, I can't count. I don't know how many of, the, of them are GT350s or Shelby's, but there's going to be an awful lot of them. 356s, uh, probably, I'm going to say, dozen and a half 356s in our group three out at, uh, out at Indy. So, uh, you'll go, we'll have stock cars, we'll have uh, FIA sports racers, uh, production cars, uh, I mean, you name it, uh, formula cars, uh, formula Fords, uh, ex-Formula One cars, uh, just such a huge variety. Uh, if you can't find a car at one of our vintage events that you like, then you're not a car person. Let me ask. Let me ask you this real quick. Um, as far let's say 356s, for example, since and if I remember correctly, was it uh, Worley that was in charge of uh, tech there for a long time? What was his last name? I think yeah. this. Yeah, quite a few years ago. Okay, yeah. Yep. And uh, and I remember we're talking to him, and what he did is, and, and I don't know if it still holds true, but for example, let's just say some people have an original 66 Shelby that was a race car back in the day. and uh, But because 60, 65, 66 Shelbys were basically accepted in the, in the race world as racing cars, that even if you didn't have a 66 Shelby that had a, a legit racing history, that it was somehow homologated into the class. Same thing with 356s. Even though 356s may not have had specific race history because many 356s were race cars that they're eligible, I think that's the word for it, that they're eligible to race in Group 3 or Group 5 or Group 6, whichever one is appropriate for the class. Is, does that still hold true? Yeah, you're, yeah you're, it, it's true. I mean, there, there, are, there are a lot of cars uh, that are, are ground up that you know people have taken a you know, 66 Mustang Mm-hmm. And have turned into, uh, you know, a, an early Trans Am car or an A sedan car, that type of thing. It may never have really turned a wheel on the racetrack, but basically, what has to be done, it has to be has to be built per our rules, which are very specific as far as the equipment that's allowed and how it can be put together. Okay. Uh, it's it goes the same way with the three fifty sixes. Somebody may have a, a street. Uh, street 356 that they've been running around in for years and decide, hey, you know, I want to put a roll bar in this and, and maybe, you know, get it on the racetrack somehow. Uh, I mean, that's how vintage started, uh, and that's how any race has started. Uh, you know, you being down to Florida, if you've been to Sebring, I mean, most of the cars that ran at Sebring originally, you know, drove there and, and then raced on the racetrack. Uh, that I mean, that's basically how all this racing got started from road racing, uh, sports car tracks in, in the in, in, uh, in the states. But uh, yeah, the the, the the rule structures are, uh, and and you mentioned a medallion car. Uh, the rule structures are that uh, we we like to see cars with real true racing history uh, and. We, we have huge numbers of them. Uh, it's the production categories that you're talking about that uh, make it build up from the ground up, but they have to be pretty much true to form within our rule structures. Uh, pretty much the same equipment, the same thing that the car that does have racing history uh, run with. Now, that said, uh, We've instituted a program called the Gold Medallion Program, which SVRA did have for years. Uh, we have we, we have two categories uh, for the Gold Medallion Program. Uh, there's a category that is cars cars with real, true, documented race history, or cars that have run with SVRA uh, have been built to our rules. That's a different level of the gold medallion, and uh, we're just initiating this this year. Uh, it's just in its infancy. Uh, quite frankly, it's been a bit of a pain, uh, but we'll get there. Uh, it's a very detailed, uh, and it requires a lot of time and a lot of effort on the competitor to do paperwork, uh, photographs, and basically to supply us with everything that we need to be able to determine whether it's eligible for a gold medallion or not. Okay, now, for example, in the case of uh, my 66, since that, yeah, ca- that car was registered with you guys back in the 90s, so that would still be on file, right? If it was, was, if it was a medallion yeah, car? Okay. It, it still, if it still be on file, but primarily, in order to, to 
and get the gold medallion and again, you would still have to submit the paperwork because basically we don't know whether anything has been changed on that car since you that car received its gold medallion. Okay. okay. And and if anybody changes the one of the the real rules is that if it's a gold medallion car, it has to stay a gold medallion car. Uh, you change anything on that, and that voids the medallion category of that car. So, uh, and you, you know, you, you you need to let us know on it. It's an honor system type thing. However, if the car shows up at one of our races, and our tech inspectors see that something's been changed, that takes it out of the medallion category, you're in trouble. Okay, but basically, what it is is that now, do those cars, those medallion cars, do they race in a class by themselves, or do they run on the track with? Uh, Let's say somebody's homemade car, so to speak. Are they? How, do, how does that work? Well, primarily, it's it's dependent upon the numbers. Essentially, right now, uh, as I said, it's the, the the program is in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say with your with your Shelby, uh, that's a Group Six car, uh, and it would normally run in six B production with us. Uh, if that was a medallion car that was running with us. It would be given its own separate class with an M, as in Mary, attached okay. to it. M as a medallion attached to it. Um, if we get to an event that's big enough, we have a large number of medallion cars, then we would make sure that our schedule is set up that we would be able to run medallion cars only. But it's a matter, it's a matter of car count, Robert. You've got to make sure that we've got enough with it. So okay. right now, uh, and we've got Sonoma coming up uh on the West Coast, the end of May, uh, all the cars in that event are all, all medallion cars. Okay. And so every every one of the classes out of Sonoma will be a medallion category car. Okay. Uh, they, that's all that's being taken taken for that event, and that's that's the history of that event. That it is a very very strict regulated. Uh, that that event is not being run with our regular class structure. That is being run uh, with general racing categories out there, which is a very very tight, very very strict grouping, and that's the way it's been for years. And, and we're planning on keeping it that way. Yeah, you're referring to the Sonoma Historics, basically out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, uh, at, at Aspect Spectators, we will have a lot more going on rather than just racing. We all want you to come out. You have all access to the paddock. Uh, we have big parties, concerts, so please come out in whatever area you are and see this historic cars. All right, let's talk about Homestead because that's the one that's only a few weeks away. So uh, we got a few minutes left. Let's talk about that real quick. And then one quick question I did have is, you know, like I was watching some of the YouTube videos, and it seems like you keep, you, there's quite a few cars in the field on Group 6. That's probably the largest largest category, right, uh, Ray? It, it is one of the largest categories. Again, um, it's the U.S. We're muscle car people. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I had a 69 Z28 that I would die for to have back again. Uh, hate to say that I sold it for twenty nine hundred dollars, and uh, who knew? You, you probably know better than I do what that thing is worth right now. <laughs> yeah. to realize that somebody else has got their hands on that thing. All right, so tell us uh, about Homestead yeah, now. Homestead's coming up. Okay, uh, Homestead's a variety. Uh, we have a regular SBA race groups. Uh, it will probably, uh, you know, be be a, a light entry for us. Uh, Homestead's pretty far down south. Uh, you, no matter what, you, you know, you guys are caught, you're talking to me from Florida. But uh, it's a fantastic facility. Uh, the folks there, uh, Al Garcia and his crew down there, Hope Meese, uh, Jaden A. I mean, they, they're absolutely fantastic people. They know how to run a facility. They do a really good job. It's a pretty area. Uh, we have uh, our regular SBA race groups uh, with a with a lighter car count. We'll probably have some combinations that we don't normally do. Uh, we've got oval exhibition cars coming uh, that we're, are going to run the full oval. Uh, we also have uh, the Stuttgart Cup and the GT3 Cup cars, which is a separate, more modern uh, Porsche group. 
that is uh, basically attaching on us at, at this event that uh, we knew that we'd have uh, some extra track time for them. So we fit them into the schedule. So they're going to be a little more modern. Uh, and in the area, that neck of the woods being outside of Miami, uh, there's a lot of Porsche people there. And the, we have Trans Ams, right? Pardon? We have Trans Am. Yep, I'm just getting to that. And we've got the modern Trans Am uh, with us. Uh, they will probably, they put on a hell of a show. Uh, they're getting bigger and bigger. And uh, we're figuring that just the Trans Am cars, they're going to have probably over 70 cars to run all weekend uh, for the event. Uh, we've got a car show there. Uh, also, the Linda Darrow, who's in charge of our car show uh, setups, is uh, is handling. So there's there's something there for everybody. Uh, personally, I want to get out of the cold weather up here in the Northeast and get down to some of your good Florida weather down there. <laughs> TC, tell us a little bit about the website. Tell us how much it costs to get in and how people can find out more about SVRA. All you have to do is go to SVRA.com. We sell tickets there. We also sell them by, I believe, Ticketmaster. Um, we are an amazing all-access race. You well, can actually walk into the paddock, shake their hands. We will put your kids in the car. There oh, wow. Are very few races or organizations that you get that kind of access. So. We welcome everybody. How much does it cost to get in? And it's what? It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah, and it's very inexpensive. Just go to the SBRA website. It's um, comparatively to IndyCar or NASCAR, our races are always very, very inexpensive. Okay. So was it like $20 a ticket or something like that? How much is uh, it? It's like $15, $20 a ticket, all access. Okay, that's super. That's It's almost like the... And, and, and enjoy the whole aspect. Um, short of me putting you in a car and letting you race it, we can assure you that you will get the whole other aspects of racing. That's super. That's good. And it's just like the old days where you could actually walk in the pit area and talk to some of the famous drivers. And occasionally there are some famous drivers, right? TC? Uh, we, we have, in Indy alone, we have, I think, Ray, correct me, 34 uh, Pro-Am drivers. Okay. We do have drivers uh, we've got, that will drive with yeah, us we've this got, year, and, yeah, and we've they got, love... Pro -Am. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, hey, folks, we're just we're out of time right now. I want to thank uh, my special guest this afternoon, TC, Vice President of Marketing for SVRA, Ray Snowden. He is Race Director for SVRA. Uh, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Be sure and check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Tell your friends to tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Anyway, hey, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family. Hey, take, okay, take care, everybody. Tampa Bay, WDTF Dade City, Tampa Bay, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.